As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. As always, it is my pleasure to join you another, on another week of your reentry journey from whichever corner of the world you're listening from. You know, we always remain humbled and excited that you decided to spend a part of your week with us. I want to take the time to thank all of you, our Second Chance family, for continuing to listen and support this podcast every single week. I always run into someone or someone reaches out to me to talk about the impact that what we do has upon them or on a loved one. And it's just humbling to know that this little podcast that seems to make a small difference is making a big difference in your lives. But I'll let you in on a little secret. When I interact with all of you through phone, text message, email, social media, or video conference, it just continues to give me fuel to keep doing what we're doing. And whatever fulfillment you get from me, Believe me, it pales in comparison to the fulfillment I receive from all of you. So for all you have said, so for all of you who have said thank you to me, please allow me to give you a big thank you from me. In addition, I also want to take the time to shout out some new additions to our Second Chance family, as we now have listeners from the country of Japan and the country of Germany. Thank you for joining us and continuing to take this journey with us. I also want to shout out our listeners in the state of Virginia. The state of Virginia has the most registered listeners in the United States for Second Chance Coaching this this month, the month of June. So thank you to you as well. Thank you so much, Virginia, and keep on listening. This week, we're doing another chapter review from another must-read book. And the focus of this week's chapter review is from the book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. The Seven Spiritual Laws is a book that is filled with timeless wisdom, some of which you know, you obviously knew. And then there's other bits of wisdoms. You, you can say to yourself, you know what? That's right. That's what mom, that, that's why mom and dad or so-and-so did this or did that or always told me to do this and that, etc." The book is now in a pocket-sized book edition and it's certainly a very easy read. It's rated five stars on Amazon if that makes a difference to you as well. Now, but the chapter from the seven spiritual laws we'll review this week is the art of giving. I think about the art of giving because, as always, I'm thinking of my parents. But in particular, I'm thinking about about my parents over this week and the next because tomorrow, which is Saturday, June 10th, would have been my mother's 82nd birthday. And next week, June 16th, would have been my parents' 50-year wedding anniversary. 
And it is through both of my parents, through their examples and their reinforcement, would always show my sister and I that giving is always better than receiving. Although I honestly will say, speaking for myself, but I think as younger children, we did not always want to share our things. But there was always that little thing in us that we knew it was better to give than to receive. As we got older, we certainly knew we certainly knew that. And that feeling was that feeling of giving was such a fulfilling, life-giving action for us as well. But you know, as I've gotten older, one of the things I would always do with giving was always to send money and clothes to my maternal grandparents in Haiti. My maternal grandmother would at times utilize the money that she got from me and her other grandkids, for the most part, to help to give out money and to buy things and to help other residents in, in the small town of Henry, where she was in Haiti. And I remember I kept saying to my grandmother that she should keep some of that money for herself. And there were times that I would insist that she would do that. And then she would smile at me and say that she was that she that that she would keep some money for herself, but she always talked about the joy of lifting people up. And she loved seeing the happiness in other people's faces when she could help them. I told I told grandma, I told my memory, I completely understood where she was coming from. But my point of view, I wanted to see the joy in her face. So when I could help her, she would smile and I could see that that would warm her heart. And she would always say, of, of course, you know, PPT, you know, of course, you know, little one, I will. I will sit there and hold some things for myself. And she would always be very contented when it comes to that. But I would see that the giving that my grandmother would do would be so much more satisfying than keeping something for herself. And that's what I love. That's one of the many things I loved about her. My maternal grandfather, he would mostly be the recipient of clothes in which I would buy for him. That's what he would always ask me for. He goes, I want a shirt. I want some pants. I want this. I want that. And then the joy in his face when he would see the clothes I bought for him I would love to, sh he would love to show how the clothes fit him, how much pride he had wearing in the clothes. And, you know, from what I was told, it wasn't so much that he had, um, not so much the clothes or, or the style, but he would always say that these clothes are the clothes that my grandson Richard bought for me. And I would love hearing that. So in that joy of giving, I always loved when he did that because I was happy that he was happy from something in which I did for him. I think about my grandparents when Chopra talks about the law of giving in the beginning of that chapter, when he says this to open the chapter, and I quote, the second spiritual law of success is the law of giving. This law could also be called the law of giving and receiving because the universe operates through dynamic exchange. Nothing is static. Your body is in dynamic and constant exchange with the body of the universe. Your mind is dynamically interacting with the mind of the cosmos. Your energy is an expression of cosmic energy. The giving to our grandparents, the giving to family in Haiti, and really being of service to others was an example that our parents demonstrated to us. And certainly my mother continued that example for, for us after my dad died throughout the rest of her life. Even though we grew up a working middle class family, maybe at times we, we were poor as well, but certainly we were working middle class, and money was a resource that a lot of times was difficult to come by. We never, we, it was never plentiful. But my mom and dad and they didn't have a problem with working hard and really setting that example of us working hard and, give, and really making sure that they gave of themselves, gave of themselves, made sure we gave of ourselves, talked about their time, our time. And, our, and the money that they earned when they would, when they would give and share was really a selfless 
was a selfless gift to those we loved, cared about, and worked in, and worked in service towards. Even though, and let me say, I'm, we all know that money is important. And we can sometimes be hesitant to give of that resource to others, you know, because when you don't have much, we talked about this with scarcity last week, when you don't have much, you want to hold on to it. But if we, but even if we're hesitant to give that resource to others, Chopra discusses that as well in, his, in, in the law of giving about money. And he said, and I quote again, therefore, if we stop the circulation of money, if our only intention is to hold on to our money and hoard it, since it is life energy, we will stop its circulation back into our lives as well. In order to keep that energy coming to us, we have to keep the energy circulating. Like a river, money must keep flowing. Otherwise, it begins to stagnate, to clog, to suffocate, and strangle its very own life force. Circulation keeps it alive and vital. You know, in addition, I also think of professors that I've had in the past that have impacted my life and and I, I think I've talked about some professors that have done that. And this week while teaching classes, I'm teaching summer school this summer, and I'm teaching multiple classes in speech and business. I thought of two professors I had at St. John's University. I had them both in the spring of 1992. I had uh, Dr. Lawrence Patilli, who was my speech professor, and Dr. Carmine Gibaldi, who taught business, and I had him for principles of management. Got A's in both of those classes, by the way. <laughs> But two outstanding professors. To this day, I found out when I looked up on the website, to this day, they still teach at St. John's University. To this very day. In Professor Patilli's class, through all the speeches in which we had to do, his personality and demeanor but was just so friendly. But my students would say probably say he's much more friendlier than I am. But his personality and demeanor would make public speaking for, for so many people would make public speaking so easy because for so many people, as I've said before, so many people, public speaking is an unnatural act, but he would make his personality and demeanor would make public speaking a very natural act. You know, this is the type of mindset I really do try to implement with my speech classes every day. I particularly thought of Dr. Patilli when it came to this chapter, because um, it came to this chapter review of what we were talking about because he gave so much to us in, to us in the class in the sense that he gave us the lesson on not being afraid. He gave us the lessons of being fearless. Now, admittedly, this is a lesson I've certainly forgotten over the years and have really and really became reacquainted with that philosophy of fearlessness in recent years. But at the time of today's recording, I figured, you know, let me write to Professor Patilli and let him know that I too now am a speech professor. And his influence lives in me every day. It lives in my classroom every day. You know, and I literally, I have to tell you, you know, this is me being uh, a softie. I came to tears literally when he emailed me back in less than an hour. And he said he did remember me as a student. And even remembered a couple of funny exchanges we had in that, in that same class in which he remembered I was a part of. I didn't remember the, some of those funny exchanges, but he shared with me what he remembered. And I was like, yep, that, as soon as he said it, I said, yep, that's exactly what happened. I remember that for, as well. I remember that for sure. You know, sending him the email and receiving the love back from him goes back to what Chopra talked about the law of giving and receiving that I quoted from him when I spoke of my grandparents. 
the dynamic exchange was certainly being manifested through that interaction with myself and Professor Patilli. So I was so ha happy to hear from him. When I go to New York for an extended amount of time, if I go during the school year, I'll make it my business to stop by St. John's and go to see him. Um, I had not received a response as of yet from Dr. Gibaldi, but his impact was no less than that of Professor Patilli's. Dr. Gibaldi wrote me my first letter of recommendation for graduate school, and the letter he wrote was so impactful and dynamic. I model the letters I write for students now after the letter he wrote for me. In his business class, Dr. Gibaldi always talked about the art and science of management. That, that's when I first got that phrase that I share with my students about the art and science of management, as well as interacting with people as well as interacting with people because the people and the relationships we build in business and the things that we do every day is really important. And his doctorate, I believe, is in, is in industrial and organizational psychology. So he really was a master when it came to talking to us about that. I was really lucky to have these two men as professors. And so many of my teachers and professors I had through my journey have certainly been that blessing, that blessing, that law of giving and receiving. When going back to the book, from Chopra, the seven, the seven spiritual laws. At the end of every chapter, he taught Chopra talks to us about how to apply that specific spiritual law in that chapter. And Chopra would say the following as how to apply the law of giving that I'll share with you. And I quote again. And he would just say three simple things about how to how to apply the law of giving. Number one, wherever I go and whoever I encounter, I will bring them a gift. The gift may be a compliment, a flower or a prayer. Today, I will give something to everyone I come into contact with. And so I will begin the process of circulating joy, wealth, and affluence in my life and in the lives of others. Number two, today I will gratefully receive all the gifts that life has to offer me. I'll receive the gifts of nature, sunlight, and the sound of birds singing, or spring showers, or the first snow of winter. I'll also be open to receiving from others, whether it be in the form of a material gift, money, a compliment, or a prayer. Number three, I will make a commitment to keep wealth circulating in my life by giving and receiving life's most precious gifts, the gifts of caring, affection, appreciation, and love. Each time I meet someone, I will silently wish them happiness, joy, and laughter. Those are three simple ways to apply the law of giving, or you might say the law of giving and receiving. Look at the areas in your life. Take a, take a moment this week to look at the areas of your life where you have given and have received and the joy in experiencing both in your personal life, your professional life, and in your reentry journey. Thank you, everyone, as always, for sharing your time with me. It is always welcome and appreciated. I get always so excited to see and talk to all of you and to interact with you. It's so, like I said, it's welcomed, appreciated, and it's so humbling. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. 
I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.